Welcome back to Teen Titans Wasteland. I'm Hub, and we'll be guiding you through the wacky, wonderful world of the Silver and Bronze Age Teen Titans series. I say welcome back, but apparently some of you are new listeners. I hope you stick around for this one. I noticed that last week our numbers spiked up pretty high. Couldn't really figure out why until I realized that we uh, had a villain named Ding Dong. Which leads me to believe that some of you out there were searching the internet for the phrase Teen Ding Dong. So... Welcome, perverts! I hope you enjoy this episode. This time we will be talking about Teen Titans number 5, in which they battle the nefarious ant. Sounds fun. Let's check it out. Synopsis. Teen Titans number 5, September 1966. Written by Bob Haney. Drotted by Nick Cardi. Teen Titans roll call. Robin. Wonder Girl. Kid Flash. Aqualad. The Titans are goofing around at their clubhouse. Aqualad and Wonder Girl are teasing each other when Robin tells them fun and games are over, which might as well be his catchphrase. The teens have received a letter from Dr. Paul Turner who runs Camp Lacklock, an outdoor summer camp for delinquent teenagers. The other Titans seem disinterested, but true to form, Robin tells them that they're going anyway. The gang is off to Camp Lacklock. Despite owning a monogrammed helicopter, the Titans get a lift to the camp from an old man who drives a Model T. Okay. Kid Flash is surprised to find that despite being a facility for teenagers who have committed crimes, Camp Blacklock has no walls, no guards, or other security measures. It lacks locks. Get it? Dr. Turner explains his philosophy that teens who have made mistakes should be given a second chance and be treated like human beings. This seems like some crazy liberal nonsense, but seeing as Dr. Turner smokes a pipe, I guess it's okay. The good doctor is concerned that one of his recent alumnus has gone astray. Eddie Witt seemed to have turned his life around, but now the doc thinks he's dressing up like an insect and robbing banks. See, there's a new criminal on the scene who calls himself the Ant and seems to have Eddie's strength and acrobatic prowess. If it turns out that Eddie is the Ant, Doc Turner is worried that the camp will lose its funding. Never fear, Doc. The Teen Titans are on the case. The team arrives in the unnamed city where this issue takes place, just in time to see a muscular young man, dressed up as a giant pink ant, scaling the side of a skyscraper. The ant tosses Wonder Girl and Robin around and makes his escape on the top of a subway train. The gang's next stop is Eddie Witt's apartment, where they run into Eddie's kid brother Danny. Danny thinks the world of the Titans and gives them the address of Zenith Catering, the company where Eddie is employed. A bit of snooping soon reveals that Eddie's boss at Zenith, Laszlo Krask, is blackmailing him into committing robberies. A bit of snooping soon reveals that Eddie's boss at Zenith, Laszlo Krask, is blackmailing Eddie into committing robberies. They should change their name to Nadir Catering, because they are the lowest. Danny is super disappointed that his big brother is the ant, but the Titans want to withhold judgment until they find out what information he is being blackmailed with. They hear that the ant's next assignment is to rob a big charity picnic, because he's the ant, and because charity picnics are totally a thing. Kid Flash runs alongside the catering van, vibrating his molecules to avoid being seen. When the van gets to the party, Eddie, dressed as the ant, jumps out of a giant pot and grabs the picnic basket full of money. That's right, they're keeping the money in a picnic basket. But when he returns to the van to make his getaway, he finds that Danny has stolen the van from the felonious caterers and intends to bring his older brother to justice. Upon this fraternal confrontation, Eddie reveals that the only reason he went along with the robberies was to keep Krask from releasing the information that Danny was a criminal. But here's the thing, Danny wasn't a criminal. Danny stopped hanging out with his old gang of hoods as soon as Eddie went straight and has never broken the law. Krask was lying to Eddie. Man, if you can't trust a blackmailing crime boss, who can you trust? 
Eddie wants to take the money back to the picnic, but a second van filled with gun-toting caterers is chasing them. Kid Flash reveals that he's been eavesdropping the whole time and offers to return the loot. Wonder Girl helps Eddie lead the crooks to Camp Blacklock, where a trap awaits them. When Krask and his men get out of their van, they are attacked by the Titans, the Ant, and the reformed campers who, armed with logs, frying pans, canoes, and woodland know-how, easily subdue the gun-wielding villains. The campers and Doc Turner forgive Eddie for his crimes and look forward to him being sentenced to serve more time at good old Camp Blacklock. Hooray. All right, joining us once again is my brother, Corey. Corey, thank you for joining us. You're quite welcome. Glad to hear it. If we seem in high spirits right now, it's because just before we started recording, Corey said he needed to burp, and I told him not to force it or he would poop his mouth. Just wanted to share that with you, give you a little window into the kind of minds you're working with. Glad to say, all went well. <laughs> Kudos. Cheers. So... What'd you think? Uh, once again, a delightful tale with the Teen Titans, packing a strong moral punch. Indeed. Good message. You know, teens deserve second chances. Mm -hmm. Also, I think generally the undertone was, don't trust Eastern Europeans again. Uh, Krask? Krask? I'm thinking Laszlo Krask Mm. is perhaps of that ilk. He Mm. looks like Jerry Orbach. Who is Jerry Orbach? Oh, Corey. He tried to put baby in the corner. Oh, that guy. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, doesn't okay. he look like he, him? He does look like that guy. Mm-hmm. And the good guy looks like Fred McMurray, the uh, absent-minded professor, the guy who invented Flubber. Oh. And also the father of My Three Sons. Not My Three Sons. <laughs> the father on the <laughs> show, my three, my three Sons. <laughs> but so, you know, your classic battle of good versus evil, Fred McMurray versus Jerry Orbach. Got it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was fine. Less, I hate to say it, it felt like kind of a placeholder of an issue in a lot of ways. Less overtly weird than pretty much everything else I've read so far. Yeah, but I think there's plenty to talk about still. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some moments in it. I do want to say right off the bat, the cover is completely inaccurate. It shows the ant and Robin fighting on top of a wrecking ball. And there's a little jaggedy word bubble that says, Freeze, Titans, win or lose, this is strictly Robin's fight. There's nothing along those lines that happens in it. They all try to fight the ant together, and there's never any, it's a special struggle between Robin and... I almost feel like these characters are people portrayed by actors, and Robin is is just like, I want to be on the cover, and I want an issue all about me. And they're like, sure, we'll do that. Do you think Robin's agent was doing that? Well, because Robin... He was the big star. It does come up even in the le- this letter column. I think they mentioned that at least one of the readers was like, I know Robin from the Batman TV show. Mm. And that does really put a pin into when this stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely the big star. But yeah, nothing like that happens inside the issue. No, um, not at all. A few things do happen, though, because the, the ant and I can see why it would be Robin's big fight, mm. because he has kind of a similar origin to Robin in that they're bo- both former circus folk. Mm-hmm. We find out that the aunt, Eddie, his parents, his mother was an acrobat and his father was a circus strongman. That's really the only evidence that Doc Turner is using to link Eddie to these crimes that he is being doing as the aunt. Which it turns out. Which it turns out that he is, but I wonder if just like, and he, he was like, and he's dropped completely out of the picture. It's like, no, he had a job at a catering company and was living in an apartment with his brother. Also... Genetics don't really work quite the way that Doc Turner seems to think they do. Yeah, and, you know, that also fed into, I guess, strange as it may seem, a little trouble with the suspension of disbelief in this particular issue. Yeah? In in what regard? In regard to, like, what an utter, total badass the ant is when... Well, his his father was a circus strongman. 
And his mom was an acrobat. I right. And so when your parents are those, you automatically inherit both of those skills. Well, I think you were just saying that <laughs> that's not exactly how genetics work. I mean, and but this is to the degree that like Wonder Girl, who's like one of the most badass people on the planet. Oh, yeah, he's just fly, tossing her can, around. Yeah. Like a, a, a top. Yeah. He spins her around like a top. Yes. Yes. On her own lasso. Yeah. She man. goes to snag him with it. He grabs it. And he's like, uh-uh. And it yes. spins her off all crazy. And right. throws her basically off into the distance. Which, to me, seems like you've got to have a little bit more than my folks were in the circus to <laughs> be able to pull that off. Man, I wish my folks were in the circus. That would be so tough. My mom's a college professor, so I guess that does make me half professor. Mm. Yeah. So that's useful. Yeah, that means like they can't fire you from a job because you've got tenure. Exactly. I'm gonna t- <laughs> or half. I'm gonna show up drunk for work <laughs> and just be like, I have half tenure. You have to wait mm, half my lifetime before you fire me. There you go. Yeah. Yes, bartender for life. Yeah, it also makes me wonder if like that's really the only connection. He sees that somebody has been committing these crimes that is strong and acrobatic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Eddie was probably strong and acrobatic. I bet that's him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he just had like this list of people that he thinks Eddie might have been. Also, if he's just like, Joe Namath, he just broke four tackles and made a pass. I bet Eddie is Joe Namath, too. No, no, no. It's, it's, I think it's a little more logical than that, because this guy's job is basically to run this reform school. Okay. Okay, and Eddie was, like, his top guy that all the other kids looked up to. Sure. And so he goes missing from the reform school, and right at the same time as he goes missing... He didn't go missing from the reform school. He graduated and so, got a job at a catering company. So he graduated, a.k.a. goes missing from the reform <laughs> okay. school. And then Mr. Uh, what was the guy's name? The Bob, Do- the subgenius looking guy with the pipe who ran. Oh, that's uh, Doc Turner, Fred Doc McMurray. Mur- yeah. You can call me the one. Dr. Fred McMurray Turner has the uh, newspaper articles pinned up on his wall in a very, you know, detective like way. Right. He probably so, had strands of yarn attaching he them. He put some thought into this, is all I'm saying. Like, it wasn't I'm just, just saying like, he made some newspaper clippings. It's like, somebody was strong. I bet it was Eddie. Yeah. I'd, I'm just, I'm trying to. I appreciate that. It did turn out that he was right. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut him a little bit of slack on that. It was very important also that it work out this way because Eddie was kind of, he was offering hope to all these other kids. Right. That if were Eddie sort of, turned his life around, then we can mm-hmm. too. Yeah. and then, But if Eddie's turned bad, then maybe there's no, maybe we're all just scum. Yeah, we're doomed. We're doomed to be scum. Yeah. We're going to be just recidivist guys. Yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of recidivist guys. That's all we know. <laughs> Doing things over and over. But it turned out that yeah, he got some redemption at the end. So, you mm-hmm. know, good for him. I took a, a different approach than I normally do in terms of how to talk about it. And that was the idea of like sort of keywords or, or themes. Mm-hmm. So I think reform and justice are big parts of this. Mm-hmm. But really at the heart of it is like trust and communication. Yeah, that's the philosophy which Dr. Turner runs Camp Lacklock on. Which, mm-hmm. I mean... It lacks locks. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, if Eddie and uh, his little brother, was his name, Danny? Danny, yeah. Had been honest with one another from the start, this whole mess could have been avoided. Oh, yeah. He never would have had to go to crime at all. Uh Uh-huh. The only reason he went to crime is because he thought maybe his brother was involved with other people that went to crime. But it turns out, Danny quit the day Eddie got out of Lacklock. Yeah. There was no need for this in the first place whatsoever. So really, the moral is, people... Talk to your brother. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Say, I don't belong to the 
sharks you a- don't anymore oh thank god because i had a blood feud with the jets because of that but i will let that shit drop Corey. i'm pleased all right so just going back to the the beginning of the issue there's a really nice scene where aqualad and wonder girl oh he zings her good she's trying to <laughs> wonder girl's trying a few different outfits on it i right. think she's kind of flirting with uh aqualad she's like how do you like my new hairdo aqualad and he says it looks great. I wrote this down. You look like a hagfish with a seaweed snood. <laughs> yeah, man, burn. Burn. Yeah, she did not like that. No, so she dumps a water cooler full of water over his head. And he's like, thanks, I needed that because I love water and now I'm fine for another hour. And they're both laughing. They're having kind of a good time. But I think it did hurt Wonder Girl's feelings because I think she's very much in love with Aqualad. Uh... Because why wouldn't she be? I, I, I know that you want that to happen, but I think she, she's she got more of a thing for Kid Flash. Well, she did in the last issue. I think she's moved on. Oh, or maybe she was just using Kid Flash to make Aqualad jealous. But I do like that after that whole thing happens and Robin says his catchphrase, fun and games are over. Typical. Yeah, typical Robin. You see in the background Aqualad putting the water cooler back the way it was, which I thought was a nice little touch. It's like, uh, he teases, but he's a conscientious young lad. Oh, yeah, he cares. And then the very next thing that happened is, you see what a nice guy Speedy is because he wrote a thank you note. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was really nice. He's like, hey, had a great time thwarting evil with you. Hopefully we can do it again. Love, Speedy. Uh. It says signed Speedy. Okay. That's... But I, I think... I think Robin just didn't want to read that part out loud. I see. Okay. Because he thought it was just for him. Yeah, and that was a good example of foreshadowing because they think it was Robin took it upon himself to say, oh yeah, there will be more collaboration in the future and probably not just with Speedy. Well, okay. He does say that. What happens right that is Kid Flash basically says, yeah, it was great working with with Speedy. Mm -hmm. And then Wonder Girl says, he's cute. Cuter than any of you characters. And then Robin says... You can bet your magic lasso, WG. <laughs> oh, you think he's got a little... That we will hook up with Speedy again. But she didn't say that. She said how cute he was. And then I think I think Robin was trying to cover. I think he's got a little thing for Speedy. I... Because he's like, oh, you bet he's cuter than any of us, Wonder Girl. I had the it's same like, thought. You can bet uh, that we will hook up with Speedy again. And maybe some other teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yep, that uh, was an awkward comma. It that, really was, yeah. Not an horrible. Oxford comma. An no. awkward comma. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was fun, and I like that Speedy wrote a thank you note. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they had to have an old man drive a Model T with them up to Camp Blacklock rather than fly their helicopter, have Wonder Girl fly them, run at super speed, any of their normal means of perambulation? Do you think that Bob Haney has a thing for old-timey cars? Ooh, that's a possibility. Because they show up. Cars like that don't fit the context of the time they're in show up in a, in a few of these issues. And uh, Well, the hot rods that Ding Dong built don't really fit any time, do they? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, that one issue. <laughs> that one issue that was cars. filled with hot I just, rods? I feel like I, I am... But this is just one panel. There's a silhouette of an old man who is like the Beverly Hill... Maybe it was like an homage to the Beverly Hillbillies? Oh, that could be. I don't know what else was going on at that era where there would just be like a silhouette of an old man driving a Model T. Kid Flash makes a crack about how old he is, Mm -hmm. saying like, I think he's the guy who used to feed Paul Revere's horse. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, 
You included that for no reason. It doesn't come up later. Mm -hmm. The bad guys and Eddie drive a van to Camp Blacklock, so it's not like it's only accessible through these back trails that only this there's no reason this old man knows. Yeah, it was just a really weird thing that happened, Mm -hmm. and I liked it. I I was amused by it as well. It did seem like it was just this random thing where they were like, you know, it would be cool if we had like a dude with a top hat drive a Model T. Let's put that in. Well, here's here's another possibility that it may be a reference to... I really do think that the guy looks like Fred McMurray. Mm. Um, he smokes a pipe like him, and he just looks like Fred McMurray from The Absent-Minded Professor, where The Absent-Minded Professor did drive a Model T, which he then made fly with Flubber. Yeah, you... I think it might be a Flubber you, reference. I don't know. I've just got Flubber on the brain. It sounds like a reach. I love me The Absent-Minded Professor. That's a great movie. Son of Flubber? Not so good. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, Robin Williams reboot? Didn't see it. Nor I. Probably not gonna. Eh. I, an, another thing that came up, which I think is kind of a recurring theme, is Kid Flash is always wrong. Hmm. Like, he has bad initial instincts about things. Uh, give me an example. Okay, in this one, he's like, oh, a camp for delinquents, they're the worst. He's got a camp full of problems on him. And then when he gets there, he has to apologize about, about thinking that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a similar thing happened in the uh, the first one where they they show up and he is the one who is all believing that ghosts are the problem with the Aztecs and it turns out that it's a giant metal conquistador. Mm-hmm. And then at the end ghost, but they never really apologize to him for having been wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there have been a few points at that where he's like kind of the Scully character <laughs> Mm. Where he's like, nope, there's no such thing as UFOs, and mm-hmm. I will never believe that there are, even though I encounter them every week. Mm-hmm. Just um, doing my job. But later on, they they do make, and it is made explicit, that, that Kid Flash is more conservative than the rest of the Teen Titans. Socially. And I think they may, yes, yeah, socially conservative, and that, that they may be laying the groundwork for just that that's his oh, interesting. role. Not with not believing in ghosts, although I guess that too. Typical left-wing propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> Controlling the liberal media with their ghosts. Well, no, he would say that there are no ghosts and that the liberal media are propagating the myth of ghosts for their own social agenda. Would he? But I do think it's interesting that I think this may be one of the early groundworks of... He's one of the only superheroes that isn't an orphan, too. Mm. He's got both parents. He has a great relationship with them. He's raised in the Midwest. How do he get so fast? His uncle is the Flash. And he was visiting his uncle, who was married to his aunt, Iris. Mm -hmm. The Flash got his powers because he's a forensic scientist uh, as a cop. Mm -hmm. And he had this big wall of chemicals on a bookshelf. Mm -hmm. And it got hit by lightning, and they spilled all over him, and that made him the Flash. Mm -hmm. I remember this. All right. Mm -hmm. So Kid Flash is visiting him. Mm -hmm. At this time, he's just Wally West, which Mm. is his name. He's like, hey, Flash, how'd you get your powers? And he's like, oh, let me show you. I uh, I was standing right next to this wall full of chemicals, and they were all arranged just like this. And right then, lightning strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. I know. Oh, my god, It's gosh. uncanny. Yeah. Okay. I've been wondering that for a while. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, now you know. The same exact origin story <laughs> as, as his uncle. Okay. Yes. Only perhaps even less plausible. Who mm. says lightning doesn't strike, strike the same place twice? Liars, that's who. And speaking of Kid Flash, I do think it's funny. There's the scene where he's racing alongside the fan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if anybody looks out the window, I'll vibrate my molecule. So all they'll see is a is a light pink blur. Mm-hmm. Because that's inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. If I look out the window and I see a 
giant pink blur next to me. I'll think, eh, business as usual. Let's keep driving. Road dust was yeah. the... Um... Yeah. They'll just, oh, that's just road that dust. Was, just yeah, pink blurry road dust that's keeping pace with us. They'll think it's... Yes. Well, the caterers were not the strongest, but I do appreciate that they knew how to stick to a fucking motif. Our, our guys named the ant. We're going to rob a picnic. Mm-hmm. A charity picnic. A charity picnic that also very much stuck to the motif to the point where they keep all of the donated cash in a giant picnic basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, that actually gets us to, I don't know if we're ready to go there yet, but talking about favorite panels. Okay. So the ant on his way to rob the charity picnic. Sure. Jumps out of a giant cauldron of Yeah, he's something. under a giant, like... Is uh, it inside? Cloche, I think it is. Mm. The thing that covers it up, that mm-hmm. they take the lid yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, they lift the lid off and he leaps he out of it. He springs out it's... and grabs a basket full of money and everybody's like, ah, what is happening? It's pretty rad. That is in contention for favorite panels for mine. Um, I think we should get back to that because mm. I'm, I'm not... There I have, are I have two a other things also. I want to talk about. I think we probably have the same backup. Mm-hmm. And I like the what I think is your backup more. There is also just... This is just a very minor thing, but... There's a scene where the ant is jumping to land on top of a subway train to make his escape. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Robin yells, the ant is going to be, is going to hit the concrete below. He'll be slathered. Does he? He does. <laughs> I read right over that. I'm sure he meant splattered. Uh-huh. And I think that was a typo, but it really amused me. Because <laughs> I really like the idea of just Robin just <laughs> continually having these Freudian slips. Slathered and butter, you dirty insects. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Robin. Robin. <laughs> Poor guy. Let's move on. So, favorite panel. Yeah, so favorite panel for me is... Almost a 50-50 toss-up between uh, the ant jumping out of that giant cauldron to steal a picnic okay. basket full of money. It was it was dynamic, and it was funny, and the audience was surprised as all hell. As that's that's up there. Expect. That's up there with me. The other one that I really liked, I think it, you'll tell me if it's wrong, but I don't think it is because you said Kerrang. Mm. But it's this scene where they're back at Camp Lacklock. Eddie has led the bad guys back there into a trap. Mm-hmm. Bullets start flying. Mm-hmm. Very irresponsible to lead armed criminals into a camp full of teenage boys. Mm-hmm. But bullets start flying. Kid Flash comes out of nowhere with a frying pan mm-hmm. and catches a bullet on it. Mm-hmm. And it goes, Krang! Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. It's yeah. a really dynamic panel. It's Kid Flash leaping through the thing, mm-hmm. holding a frying pan, and mm-hmm. it's also goofy as hell. Mm-hmm. I am also throwing in there just when Robin says that the ant might be slathered. (laughs) (laughs) So one other thing that does happen when they get to the camp, too. What the fuck is that giant lollipop that Aqualad is hitting the criminals with? I thought it was like a like a circus old timey looking dumbbell or barbell. But it just has a barbell on one end. Mm -hmm. What? Like, do you think they got that from Eddie's dad? Yeah, like, or it was Or is this lying around the camp? Yeah. It's like part of the calisthenics program for the young man, and he just picks it up. He's like, and hit some bad guys with this. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I'll yeah, well, I stand in the canoe instead of swimming, even though I'm mm-hmm. fucking Aqualad. Yeah, Aqualad didn't get a lot of opportunity no. to shine in this one. I thought... He has the one thing where he hits people with whatever the giant lollipop thing was. Mm-hmm. He has one scene where he holds on to the other end of Robin's rope. 
mm-hmm. which I'm just like, dude, Robin has a grappling hook. You could have just hooked that over the mm-hmm. side of the building. And they're like insulting each other through that process too. He's yeah, like, he hey, Robin, like you're a... smart, but if you fall on your head, you're going to die. Yeah. And he's I... like, you're a sand flea or something like sea <laughs> flea. Sea flea. Yeah. yeah. Which rhymes. Um, <laughs> so advantage Robin there. What I did notice is I liked Bob Haney's description of why Aqualad and the uh, young men are able to beat the criminals. Because, and I quote, the flabby, <laughs> the flabby. flabby criminal muscles are no match for sinewy young arms. Oh, <laughs> I should, I should think not. Now that was written as a caption, but I think it may have also been Robin's word bubble. bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, Krask needs to learn how to fucking delegate. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why he needed to show up at the end to mm-hmm. try to put baby in the corner there. Mm-hmm. Like, He's got thugs for that. He's got a lot of thugs. There, I don't understand why he was going to the picnic to begin with. He owns the catering company. Mm-hmm. It's in a giant building. He's not... He seems like he's doing okay for himself. He's not a great criminal. No, he's not a great criminal. If for no other reason than the crime that he planned, robbing the charity, that's mm-hmm. like a one-shot deal because everybody sees the ant making coming from the catering company making his getaway in the catering van. Mm-hmm. They're going to be linked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a bad criminal. And I cannot imagine that they've raised more money at that charity picnic than that giant catering business is worth. No, the whole idea of picnic and charity being a like a really high a, a profile thing. target. Yeah. You know, rob a bank or something. Well, I don't know. The guy running the the charity picnic did have a top hat. Oh, so, that's true. Probably I mean, monocle, I too. guess they're doing okay. Yeah. It was a Monopoly guy, probably. Yeah, that's not well, rings a bell. So, the ant, uh, did we talk about his get-up yet? His attire? I don't believe we have. You don't I like it better than you do. It's really silly. I like, I think, overall, it's a fairly good-looking, menacing-looking uniform. From certain it, angles. It, it, it's, it's pink. It's got, like, the ant head is like a giant cowl, so that, like, the pointy end of the ant's head is, like, goes down over his nose got tiny antenna and the big eyes i think it might be supposed to be making fun of spider-man a little bit how's that yeah just the it's an insect he's i know a spider isn't technically an insect it's an arachnid but it was a different time they didn't know that yet it's a split it's got the giant opaque eyeballs that you Mm -hmm. can't see through instead of the eye holes that Mm -hmm. are white i can see where i i don't know It, it, it it's a thought but i think it's actually overall a pretty good looking uniform the problem is Speedo. That it, there's a white Speedo over it. And when you have white specifically in the shape of tidy whiteies over somebody's tights, mm-hmm. it looks like a diaper. Yep. He looks like he's wearing a diaper. Yep. That's that's my chief complaint. The other one, though, with the cowl is that it looks pretty badass sort of from the top front. But from any other angle, it's, it's like this weird, like, goofy it, it, thing that, like, sticks out like a... It's a little awkward. Kind of, yeah, baseball hat with an ant's face on it. Yeah, um, I'm not really seeing that one. There is one panel. Actually, on the cover, it does kind of look like the top of a dick. It's <laughs> 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 all a crease along the top. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pink. Hmm. Anyway. Well, it's not a great costume. <laughs> <laughs> not the best offering we've had. I still really take issue with this whole thing. Like, my parents were in the surface so I can beat up all of the Teen Titans. Like, that's a bit of a stretch. It it is. It's... He got superpowers from being near a circus. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a radioactive circus. Mm -hmm. I feel like they would have told us. Yeah, you're probably right. These guys are big on honesty. 
Now, you had some issues with the end of the issue, too. Uh, yeah, I did. So, uh, you know, the kind of narrative thread throughout the, this this whole thing is this overarching, you know, kind of moral framework of trust and communication is important. If you have those things, you can avoid trouble. Mm-hmm. That, you know, justice is also something that goes part and parcel with uh, reform with a check second chances where if you if you trust people that have you know maybe made a mistake due to circumstances beyond their control they'll right. be able to bounce back from it and you know to a degree i think that's that's how the criminal criminal justice system is intended to work i don't know i feel like even here in the the middle 60s it's it's probably even more conservative than okay. that yet we have it resolving with um the aunt who is sort of the favorite of the the guy that runs Lacklock basically getting busted for committing these crimes, which he did commit yes. these crimes. He robbed and, and did all this stuff. However, the reason he did them was morally just, right? It was because he thought that his brother was in this bad gang right. and he didn't want that information to get out because then that could have hurt his brother. Sure. Okay. So that's his good reason for doing these bad things. And so the guy that runs Lacklock said, you had a good reason for doing bad things. Therefore, I'm going to use all my influence to make sure that you don't get in the appropriate amount of trouble for the crimes that you committed. Right, that you'll be instead sent back to Camp Lacklock. Yeah. Enjoy another summer in the Catskills, or wherever it is. Okay. Here's why I think that works. It's the old boys network. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably even more enforced back then. And it's very much the case that whether it should work that way or not work that way, if you have friends in high places, you will not do serious jail time. Yeah, I don't take issue with the fact that it's perhaps inaccurate of the way things work. I think that it doesn't fit with the morality of what they're talking about oh, okay. in the comic book. Well, it's all about second chances. And, if you know, you know the right people yeah, and you did yeah. the wrong okay. thing I for see, the right I see what you're. I see what you're getting at. It does come back, though, that I like the fact that it doesn't just resolve with, like, I think it would be way more common, both in comic books then and today, for it to just be like, well, you did it for the right reasons, and you helped catch the real bad guy, so you're totally off the hook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that isn't the case. He he will have to serve some more time. Hitler, and I that came was... up earlier in the one with the separated man, where the guy's dad escaped from prison to help catch and help thwart the evil, but then they're like, yeah, you do have to go back to prison and mm-hmm. probably get a little more time for escaping. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's it's minor, and you're right, it needs some tweaking, but I think it's I think it's okay. Yeah, it's almost like they, they're also doing this to benefit the audience, too. Like, like, hey, kids, if you've done something kind of questionable, but, you know, right. you did it with a good heart. Just turn yourself in. Yeah. Everything will Go be talk fun. to the and it, and it won't, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Note to our viewers. Don't turn yourself in. Don't do it. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Unless you know a judge. Yeah. If you know a judge and he smokes a pipe, you might be okay. So I had to rob this picnic because I thought Hub was in the sharks. <laughs> Turns out. I was a jet all along. Oh, and when geez. you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Oh. <laughs> boy, boy, crazy boy. Favorite panel we did. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite piece of uh, teen slang? This one, uh, light on picket signs, light. On teen slang, it, it is to, indeed, to despite the fact that there were a lot of teens in this one. Mm-hmm. So again, I, and I think I might have done this with the last episode we did. Was I kind of leaned more towards um, some of the captioning or or the titling, and there was there was two of those that I thought had kind of a catchy 
funny sounding ring to them. The one was just sort of the main title of the story, which was The Perilous Capers of the Terrible Teen. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then the other one was there was a panel describing us kind of like hyping up when when Kid Flash is about to to vibrate with his molecules or do something awesome. Right. And uh, it's this kind of long spiel, but the part that jumped out at me was they called him uh, the Junior Wizard of Wiz. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. There is a Marvel hero who had super speed powers who had a yellow costume and his name was the Wizard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My favorite... Slang, I'm pretty sure it, it's uh, it was in the letter that Speedy wrote. Mm. And he said, uh, I hope we can make the same anti-creep scene again soon. Mm. Anti-creep. The, make the anti, anti-creep scene. Yeah. I like that. What a cool scene. Yeah, man. The anti-creep scene is the coolest. Yeah, the creeps are the worst. Yeah, man. Fuck creeps. Yeah. Bunch of dicks. Yep. Mm. Anti-dick creep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say anti-dick cream? Creep. Oh, yep. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Pro-dick cream, anti-dick cream. And you vote. Uh, (laughs) Saw Wet Hot American Summer, the the, the movie the other day. Ah, that's a good movie. Yeah, they talk about dick cream in that. Maybe my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who is your favorite Titan? I had a tough time actually with this one really? i think yeah it's it's for me i think it's gonna fall back once again to to kid flash you know despite him as you say always being wrong yeah one of my favorite things and and i have a backup too which, i will say will he's always you. wrong but he does take it well and he really, and, and he like he, and he's like oh i guess i was wrong about that yep but he and he also he makes shit happen you know he gets it done yes he does he always gets it done and so there was a, another sort of little kind of like sub theme, maybe you can't even call it that, that goes throughout this issue, which is uh, the importance of uh, eavesdropping. Oh, yes. Right. It's That's how things get resolved in this. Is mm-hmm. Robin uses his weird little toy gun mm-hmm. to eavesdrop on Krask and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And then Kid Flash vibrates at super speed and hides in the back of a van. And that's why he's my favorite in this issue. Because like he running. vibrated at super speed and hid in the back of a van. Yeah, and they didn't even know he's there and they're talking the whole time. He's just like hiding all creepy like yeah. in the back of the van listening to him. And, I get you. And they're like, ah, oh, we really need to return this money, but how can we do it? And he's like, I can do it, guys. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> I thought they almost crashed their van. Uh-huh. And he had this like kind of creepy smile on his face. Like, yeah. I've been sitting here listening to you this whole time. I just like to hide in the back of vans and see what happens. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and so that cracked me up. And it was also for a good, you know, cause. And it, yeah, I agree. And actually, Kid Flash was my favorite in this issue as well. Oh, um, we agree. Yeah. There, there's last. For both that and for the frying pan bullet catch. That was dope. It's just rad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robin was my runner-up because I, I love his spy mechanism was he has this eensy-weensy little toy gun that shoots a toy dart that has this super-duper speaker in it that they can use to hear through the wall. I thought that, that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It wasn't vibrating your molecules. I like that, being... and he does say that the ant is about to be slathered. <laughs> For those reasons, I can understand Robin as the backup. Yeah, I'm going to switch mine. If you got Kid Flash, I'll take Robin this one. Mm, too late. Okay, fine. We're both Kid Flash. Kid Flash is locked in. All right. For this issue, two for the, the month of October 1966. KF it is. Kid Flash is the best Teen Titan. Well, good work. Thank you. I really enjoyed <laughs> this. You'll be back next month when we tackle Teen Titans number six. Indubitably. We, uh, Teen Titans number six, guest starring Beast Boy.
Yeah, we got another guest Very super cool. teen superhero. Should be rad. Thanks for joining us, and uh, once again, welcome new pervert listeners. <laughs> I hope we made it worth your while. You have to put Ding Dong in the title of this one, too. Oh, from now on, they're all being called Ding Dong. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks. And they knew it.